Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. I mean, it's really nice to be able to converse with some adults this morning. My Sundays usually um, involve hanging out with all your kids, but today I get to um, hang out with you guys, which is pretty cool. You're a pretty fine-looking bunch, so that's exciting. Um, I'm, I've actually titled my message today. I don't normally title it, uh, but if you're taking notes, then I want you to write down in big, bold letters at the top, Do the Dishes. Um, that's the title of my message, Do the Dishes. It's nice and comical, so hopefully you'll remember it for the rest of your life. But um, <laughs> no, we're carrying on with our sons and daughters theme uh, this morning. And I was super pumped when um, Glenn asked me to preach on this topic because identity has been a really big thing in my life. Um, and it's been something that I've gone on a massive journey with, uh, with God and understanding my um, Actually, just my birthright and my under, and, and my place in God's kingdom and, and my position as a daughter of God. Um, and I think, actually, once we come to terms with our identity, it's really threatening to the enemy. Um, your identity is, like, your position in the kingdom is threatening to the enemy. And I think that's probably why, um, more often than not, that's the number one thing he tries to steal from us, is our identity. So I'm passionate about this topic. Over the last couple of weeks, we've heard some awesome messages. I got to listen to them all on podcast uh, this week, and it was like, whoa, I was just feeling the glory. Um, but no, we've heard about like our importance and being positioned in a place of sonship, in a place to grow, a place to be nurtured, and a place to be raised up, and also understanding that our identity doesn't come from our circumstances, but it comes from God. Um, and so this morning, I actually want to build on that a little bit and explore the idea that being a son or daughter of God not only speaks to our identity and our acceptance that we receive through the Father, but it also highlights our role within a family. Um, so I'm just going to pray quickly. God, we just thank you so much for your divine love for us. We thank you that despite being so unworthy, God, you sent your son so that we can be worthy. We thank you that you call us into your family, that you accept us as we are, God. And this morning, as I, as I, um, as I share, I just pray that we would, we would receive from you with open hearts, God. I pray that we would never harden our hearts towards you. We would never get to a place where we think we know it all, God, but we're constantly receiving from you. We thank you for your revelation this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Um, this week I started... This is actually funny off the back of that prayer, but uh, this week I started a Bible reading plan. And as a teenager, I made several, several attempts to read the Bible from cover to cover um, and usually was super enthusiastic for the first couple of weeks and then fizzled out a little bit. So <laughs> that means that I've read Genesis probably more than any book in the Bible. Um, and so this new Bible, I, was, I, was, I felt like I, I should read this particular Bible reading plan um, and it had me start at Genesis again. So with a little bit of arrogance, I was kind of just skimming through it. Um, and I wasn't really taking much, taking much in um, because in my head I already knew it all. <laughs> um, but then God pretty quickly humbled me and showed me something that I'd never seen before. Um, and so I was reading about uh, Cain and Abel. Cain had just killed his brother Abel. Um, 
and Cain says this to God, and it really stood out to me. He said, God, today you are driving me from the land, and I'll be hidden from your presence. I'll be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. And those words, a restless wanderer, almost it was like as if they leaped off the page and just like sunk like a weight into my spirit. And I was sitting there, I was like, whoa, God, I'd never actually, like, I'd always skimmed over that, but I never understood the full weight of what it meant to be a restless wanderer on the earth. And I started looking back over all the times in my life where I'd adopted that orphan spirit, the mentality of a restless wanderer. Um, and I'm sure we've probably all experienced it at times where we've done things that, have separ- that we've felt like have separated us from God. Um, and then we experience a lack of purpose, a lack of direction, a lack of belonging. We feel like we're on the outside. Maybe we feel like we have nothing to contribute. We're just kind of here to exist, here to make it through, here to get to the next week, here to get to the next paycheck, just surviving on the earth. And it kind of dawned on me as I was thinking over all these times that a restless wanderer is merely a consumer of the earth. They're just taking what they need to get through the next day. A restless wanderer is a consumer of the earth. I went to a worship um, workshop in Leiston a couple months ago, and Stevie Tonks was sharing, and he said this cool thing, and it's kind of stuck with me. He said, if you knew who you are, and if you were truly living you, then you would come to contribute and not to consume. God wants to bring you to the table. I love that line, eh? God wants to bring you to the table. He's actually proud of us. He's excited about what we carry. Um, when I was in high school, I had a friend, Erin, and uh, I used to be at her house most days after school because I went to a high school in town, and um, usually I just waited and, and instead of busing home, I'd go to Erin's and wait for mum to finish work in town, and then she could bring me back to Rangira. So it ended up that in my last couple of years of high school, I was at, um, at my friend's house most days and uh, often got to eat, eat dinner with them and stuff. And I remember the day I transitioned from being just a guest and just a visitor to actually being part of the family, part of the furniture. Um, and that was the day <laughs> that I walked into the house and Erin's da- uh, dad was like, oh, Larissa, are you staying for dinner today? today? Um, and they were the kind of family that had dinner being on five o'clock every night, which I just don't understand. But, um, <laughs> but I was going to be there for dinner because mum wasn't going to come till like 6.30 or something. So I said, yeah, yeah, if, that's, if you don't mind, I'd love to stay for dinner. He said, yep, that's cool. Um, that's actually great because you can do the dishes. <laughs> and if you know me, <laughs> um, if you've ever been to my house, then you know that the, the dishes is the one job that I personally hate. Like I actually hate it. I sit there and I'm just like, and we don't have a dishwasher at home. So um, the dishes do not hold a happy place in my heart. But when he said that, when he was like, oh, Larissa, that's great, you can do the dishes today, I actually smiled on the inside because I knew that I had moved from just being a, vet, a guest, just a visitor, to actually being having a place of belonging in that household and being part of the family and having something that I could contribute to their house. Um, and I, like, I moved from being someone who just went to their house to consume, just to eat the food, to have a roof over my head, have some good company for a couple hours, have a place where I could do some homework, or not do homework, um, watch Disney movies. (laughs) But I moved from being someone who was there to consume to someone who was a part of the fabric of the household and able to contribute, able to pitch in. I had a part to play. And the cool thing is, is that God has already welcomed us into his family. 
He's already made that invitation. He's already said, hey, look, you know, we know in Ephesians 1 verse 5, God predestined us into sonship through Jesus Christ. We've already been adopted into his family. So when we accept our salvation and when we acknowledge our identity and our God-given purpose, then we can transition from being just a consumer on the earth to being a contributor of the kingdom. You are not a guest in the kingdom of God. You're not a visitor. You're not, um, you're not someone who's here one moment, gone the next. You're actually a child of God, and you're part of his family. And today he's calling out sons and daughters that have something on the inside that they can contribute. He's stirring up those that have maybe been trapped in the routines of comfort, the routines of everyday life, the routines of mediocrity and consumption. And he's calling you out and saying, no, I've put something on the inside of you that you can give, that you can share today. I'm going to ruffle a few feathers um, and say that happiness should actually not be our goal in life. I meet so many people and I can almost guarantee that I've probably said it myself at one stage when asked, what, what is your aspiration in life? And they say, to be happy. And that's wonderful. Um, does God want us to be happy? Of course he does. He's our father. He loves us. He adores us. Um, he wants to lavish his blessings on us. But happiness should not be our goal. Happiness is merely a benefit of the goal. And so many people miss out on the benefit because they've actually misconstrued the goal. And what is the goal? The goal is to seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. Seek first his kingdom. See, we are here to contribute. God put us on this earth as sons and daughters to actually rule and reign. From the beginning of time, he positioned us in a place of authority. We've got something to give. We've got, we've got a position. We've got a part that we get to play in creation. So when you walk into work, when you walk into school, when you walk into your son's friend's house, when you walk into the warehouse to buy whatever you need to buy, wherever you go in life, I want you to ask yourself, in this moment, am I here just to consume? Am I here to tick a box? Am I here to go get what I need? Am I here just to live for a moment, or am I here as a son or daughter of God with something in this moment on the inside that I can contribute? Whether it's a nice conversation with someone, I uh, was a supermarket teller, or, or maybe it's encouraging someone um, when you're picking up your kid from school that you've never talked to before. Be present. Don't walk around half asleep. Remember who you are, and we actually get a part, we have a part that we get to play with that. Everyone has something unique to bring to the kingdom, whether it's reaching out and bringing people in, calling out the lost, calling out dreams and passions, prophesying, equipping believers, equipping non-believers even, leading by example, creating atmospheres to host God's manifest presence, walking alongside someone, being an encourager, being a voice of love, sharing wisdom around finances, empowering businesses, bringing strategy, offering new perspectives, challenging injustice, or interceding for those in need. We all have gifts that we can bring that contribute to the kingdom. So I'm asking you today, will you do the dishes? Will you play your part? What has God put on the inside of you that maybe you haven't stepped into just yet? That's maybe sitting dormant, maybe you've shut it down. The thing about dishes, and my mum used to tell me this all the time when I was a child and I used to pick fuss about having to unload the dishwasher, she would always say, Larissa, it's not a big job. 
it's not a big job. It shouldn't take you this long. And it would always take me like two hours because I would go to the, go to the kitchen and then get distracted. And then I'd try and go and hide or play and procrastinate. I was like level 99 procrastinator um, as a child. And mum would just say, Larissa, it shouldn't take that long. And the dishes are a pretty small job in the big scheme of things, but they actually contribute to the running of a household. You notice when it hasn't been done. Um, it has a knock-on effect. It's like you, you pretty quickly get to the point where you've got no dishes in the cupboard, um, and I'm not saying that this has ever happened to me. <laughs> but you've got no dishes in the cupboard, so then you're having to eat off plastic plates, and then you throw the plastic plates out, and you still haven't done the dishes because there's just too many, and they're going to take like three hours. And so then... You think it kind of starts building up and not even a chisel can get all the grime off the plate so then you have to throw the plate out or you eat off the plate still and then it's detrimental to your health and then you throw the plate out and then you have to buy new plates which is not a good use of the world's resources. Um, it's not good stewarding. <laughs> the dishes are a small job but it has a knock-on effect if it hasn't been done. It's like the boy with the lunch when Jesus is feeding the 5,000. It's a pretty small thing that he's got. He's got, the, he's got his little lunch in his hand, and he's probably looked around. He can see the 5,000 men plus all the women and children. And to everyone else, it probably looks like a really insignificant thing, but he knew that Jesus could work a miracle with the small amount that he had in his hand. And so if you're here today and you think that maybe your gifts are insignificant, or maybe your passions or your talents are not worthwhile, or maybe you just don't feel like you have anything to contribute at all, I'm actually here to tell you today I 100% believe that this is the main reason why God put me on the stage, was to tell you that you are irreplaceable. You are. You are actually irreplaceable. God designed you unique with an individual purpose to be on this earth. He wants to bring you to the table. He's so proud of you. There is stuff that you bring that no one else can. He's passionate about all the little things that, that fire you up, all the little things that get you excited. He wants to bring all of you to the table. There are things that you bring that no one else can. There's something that Roe brings that no one else can. There's something that Julie brings to the table that no one else can. There's something that Tim brings to the table that no one else can. Let's not be a people that sit back and consume. Let's step up and contribute our piece of the puzzle. I want to read a passage from Daniel 1 to you, verse 17 to 20. To these four men, God gave... Oh, we're talking about Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To these four men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them, and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service, and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. Ten times better than anyone else that they could find. And I share this with you today because um, Mitch was listening to a message over the weekend, and I heard snippets of it, which was really cool, and I want to go listen to the whole thing, um, from Erwin McManus the pastor of Mosaic Church. And the message was called Elevate the Room. If you've got time this week, it's on YouTube, I'd recommend you go listen to it because the small parts that I did hear were incredible. 
Um, and he shared this verse, and then he said this, and I thought about paraphrasing it, but then I was like, no, nah, he said it so well. I'm actually just going to read a wee excerpt from his message to you. Stop accepting the standards of the world around you. Stop drowning in mediocrity and accepting the status quo and become the measure of what it means to be human. Become the measure of what it means to be a child of God. Become the measure that even kings look to. Become the measure that those that do not believe in God have to be inspired by. Whether you're a teacher or an architect, whether you're a plumber or a doctor, whether you're a pastor or a dentist, live your life in such a way that every king would look at your life and say, who are you? How have you become who you are? Let's set, you set the standard of the world and you are 10 times better than anyone else we can find. Let's live our lives in such a way that the church has the greatest artists in the world, the greatest doctors in the world, the greatest teachers in the world, the greatest scientists and musicians in the world. And the entire world marvels and says, we tried to change you. We tried to make you like us. We tried to make you bow down to our gods, but you refused. You stood your ground. You elevated the room and you showed us what it means to be alive. It's a powerful way. Are you a restless wanderer today, being swayed this way and that, meandering through life, just kind of getting through? Or will you make a decision, will you make a conscious decision to step into your God-given identity and become the measure of what it means to be a child of God? Matthew 13, verse 33, Jesus shares this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she only put a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. You might feel like all you've got is just a little bit of yeast, but I can tell you that we're called to be like yeast and, spurt, and permeate every sphere of this world, raising it up to its God-given purpose. I remember when I was um, a teenager, <coughs> I had a, a youth leader, um, and I was going through... I must have just been a bit frustrated about a few things and she shared this with me She's, and it's kind of been a tool that I've used all the time. She says, Larissa, you can choose to be a thermostat or a thermometer. As in you can choose to set the temperature or you can just gauge it. And in life I think it's so easy to, to walk into a room, assess what's going on and then adjust ourselves to match like, has anyone had those times where you're, like, just super pumped about something or you're just having a good day? Maybe something awesome's happened. You might have won the lotto or got a promotion at work and you're just, like, you got joy in your heart and you're walking around and you're pumped and then you walk into a room and everyone's just a little bit down buzz, it's a bit flat, a little bit bitter about something. Maybe they're moaning. I can't stand people that moan. And you walk in and you're, instead of elevating them up to where you are, and sharing your joy with them, we kind of were like, oh, this is, this is a bit uncomfortable. This doesn't really fit. I'll just, I'll just dim myself a little bit. I'll, just, I'll gauge what's going on here. And then we kind of just we dim ourselves to match. Or another example um, that I've noticed in my own life is when we come into a church service or a church event, and we kind of take the back foot a little bit. We're like, I'll just see what's going on. I'll just... I'll measure the room, I'll see what's going on. Oh, they're singing a song I like, that's good. The band's a little bit flat though. 
oh, the mix is a bit funny. Someone's played a bang note. This is a little bit awkward. No one's really lifting their hands. Are they playing this song? They're playing this song a little bit slower than normal. This is, I don't really like this. And we kind of... <laughs> it's just a moment of honesty. <laughs> and we lower our commitment and our adoration to God based on what's going on in the room. Um, rather than stepping up and being like, no, this is my time that I get to set the temperature. The, the environment's a bit flat. I'm going to raise it up. I'm going to offer up and contribute my voice to this, to this worship. You are a valued contributor to the kingdom. In a moment, we're going to sing um, a song of worship again. And as we sing, I just want you to, to take this time just to really meditate on, on the fact that God actually wants to bring you to the table. He's got things inside you that only you have to offer to the kingdom. He's proud of you. And as you open up, to your heart, uh, open up your heart to God this morning, I believe that he's going to take these words that I've shared and, and highlight an individual relevance for all of us. And I don't know what that is. It could be maybe you've walked in and here this morning and you are feeling on the outside. You are feeling a bit lost, feeling like you don't have much direction, don't have a sense of belonging. And God just wants to affirm your identity and affirm your position in the kingdom today. Or maybe you've got things on the inside that you didn't even realise were there and God's going to start highlighting those and start stirring up passion in your life. Maybe... God's going to break apathy off this morning. I don't know what it is. I don't know what God has got for you this morning, but I do know that he's got something for each and every one of us. So the band's going to lead us in No Longer Slaves Again, and let's just worship together and spend that time just, just drawing close to God.